All right, welcome back to the Steel That's City Scrubs. Uh, we have our normal scrubs with us here today, Kevin, Bert, and uh, Grant, but then we also have a couple of special guests. Special. Exactly. <laughs> Three, as a matter of fact, Sherwin, Scotchley, and uh, Scooter as well. They'll be affectionately known as. <laughs> so this is just going to be a freelance kind of episode. We're just going to chop it up here. And uh, we're going <laughs> to jump right in to Game 7 last night. Uh, Penn's Senators. Penn's pull it out in double overtime. Only the fourth double OT Game 7 in conference semis. Finals history in the NHL. So I want to start it off here with the old heads. Just kind of to hear what they thought and where this ranks in Pittsburgh history. Uh, any of you three guys just lead off with what you guys saw and where this ranks. Um, in terms of great Pittsburgh moments. You guys want to start? He froze up. He totally froze up. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, so how I felt about it was complete joy. Yes. And, um, more than joy, relief. Just relief. Yeah. And I was ready for it to be over either way. Whether we won or we lost, I just needed it to be over right away. Of course, it wasn't over right away. It took quite a, quite a while for it to be over, but just joy and relief. Way more stressful than I remember games being. Like I feel like I watch games now, and it's like I'm just freaking on edge the whole time. Like, and my dog doesn't like that I curse at my team. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's what I think the the most is like the the constant stress level right now. Which maybe I'm just a weirdo. I guess I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> last time I watched the, the, the last uh, long overtime game I watched the Penguins was the five overtime game against the Flyers. Went until quarter to three in the morning. It was five overtimes? Five overtimes. I against was, your Flyers. No. Your Flyers. I had moved to Philly. <laughs> this is Scotchley. Scotchley. I had moved to Philly and I was out in the middle of all of the Flyers fans and I was like, Quarter three in the morning. I gotta get up and work at six. I'll just keep watching. And then the Penguins lost, and that made me very sad. So, so we I, lost in five overtimes. Yes. And I know I didn't. I don't. I couldn't stay up for those ones. Yeah. So last night's five outcome overtimes. was a lot much more enjoyable. Mm. That's for sure. Mm. So this is this. I mean, there's nothing like playoff hockey. I think. I think we've all talked about it, and we've all kind of agreed. Just this is, you know, it's as good as it gets. Even in Pittsburgh sports, where Steelers seem to reign. Um, you know, I'll, I'll talk to some of the guys that have been here, Scrubs, Kev, Bert, G. What did you guys take away from it? Dude, well, right at the beginning, it was like I fucking picked up an eight ball off of East A Street, fucking snorted a line. And Hasn't done cocaine before, <laughs> just a disclaimer, but yeah. yeah. But I felt like I snorted a line while I'm watching this game. I'm sitting on the fucking edge of the seat, and I'm like, holy shit. What's going to happen next? And then all of a sudden the Penguins score, and then I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is the fucking best game I've ever seen. Then the Ottawa Centers score, and it's just that way. It's still amazing. I mean, Scooter touched on it earlier. He probably looks like a fucking weirdo screaming at the fucking screen. But I'm screaming at the screen when my girlfriend's sleeping, and she's telling me to shut the fuck up. I'm like, okay, go the fuck upstairs then and sleep. I'm watching a fucking hockey game. But to... Just put the game seven in words. I felt like I was having a heart attack the entire fucking game. And then when Chris Kunitz buries that fucking knuckle puck in the back of the net, whether it hit J.G. Paggio or not, it, it was just an incredible feeling. I don't know how anybody else wants to weigh in on it, but I felt like it relieved a lot of stress off my shoulders. And now we get to go to the fucking Stanley Cup playoffs, or the Stanley Cup itself. And hopefully win it two years in a row, which I don't know if anybody knows this, but it hasn't happened since the 1997-98 Detroit Red Wings. So I don't know if Kevin or Burt wants to weigh in on it, but I'm, I'm already feeling like my heart's going to explode now. Yeah, I know we all jokingly say that like we're going to have heart problems or heart attacks when any game goes into overtime, but when it's Game 7 with the bid to go to the finals, it's, it clearly at least doubles the effect. And I would, like due to work complications, I was I was forced to listen to the game for most of it. And when I heard Schultz hit that hit the post and they scored, I hear Mike Lang freak the fuck out. As as I'm driving down the airport, like, fuck yes, freaking out <laughs> my car about the cause of the accident. And then finally I get home and I catch the the last bit of the game where Kunitz scores and 
I go nuts and I wake up my whole household too. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add, but there, there was times that I just caught myself and, and realized that I hadn't breathed in forever and your, your body's tense the whole time. They go to commercial and you forget what it's like to just relax. Um, and then the way that they won it with Chris Kunitz showing up so big, uh, the man hadn't scored since Valentine's Day. And for him to show up like that, it was just something we haven't seen, we weren't used to. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just the, nobody picked the, the game to go to seven and a half periods. Um, it was always pens and five, pens and six. And, man, the Senators, props to them that they give the, the pens and the reigning champs that much of a fight. But I don't want to see another game going to double overtime. Right, and yeah, so there's something that we talked about, which is like this is the best win that we never ever want to experience again. Of like, you know, just Kunitz with you know two goals and then a, an assist, three points from the whole game, and just the fucking. I mean, this is a Pittsburgh podcast, so we can say this. Just the fucking announcers the whole time, just oh. sucking off the Senators, playing every single Senators, you know, storyline. Carlson, Anderson, playing all the sing everything. Um, you know, it's just, it was just. Insane to watch, Scotchley. What do you have? I, I can feel it. You've got something. <laughs> there was a lot. Of, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of verbal blowing going on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the entire fucking series. I mean, the Pens would have an attempt, and then we'd cut to commercial, and they'd only show the Sens highlights. They would show Anderson making an amazing shave into his bread basket. Yep. And it was yep. just on and on. About how the centers are really fighting through injuries with two guys that are partially injured and still playing. Meanwhile, the Pens have an entire lineup that have been lost. They haven't had a consistent lineup since February. And they're like, oh, the Sens are really battling through some injuries. It's like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> the guy never had to make it. The goalie never, Anderson never yeah. had to make an athletic play. The ent- no. Every right. save was in his bread basket. Or he would give up a soft goal. I really didn't see him as making. I mean, he's not as athletic as our goalies. Well, definitely. I mean, in this series, he was the he was very overrated. Like in the yeah. regular season, he was letting in goals through the five hole, through the six hole, everywhere you could possibly imagine. He was letting a fucking goal in, and then all of a sudden in the playoffs. The Penguins are hitting him in the fucking chest, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh Jesus, he came down." It's fucking Craig Anderson. He's he's the Lord Savior of the fucking hockey world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it was a joke. And on one hand, I get it because we're so fucking talented. We're so, you know, we're just loaded from line to line. But at, on the other hand, yeah, we do have all these injuries. And there is all this different shit going on that, you know, it's just annoying to watch to see all these different guys just fucking lay on the wood just talking about suck off Craig Anderson and Carlson and all these guys that it's just it and and for the NHL to blatantly ignore some of these dirty hits like I know we saw another one in game 7 he didn't we saw one though, so that was clean right playoff hockey we get it if it's you say fine. it a 100 times it makes right. it true playoff hockey playoff <laughs> hockey yeah and you just keep going i i would like to see the stats on how many faceoffs the pens won and were disallowed because of early uh, right Early entry into, and as soon as the Pens want to face off, they disallowed it. The redrop. And then when the Sens want it, that it is good. So right. And and how many missed missed calls there were on the Pens' behalf. Now, I mean, it, it, it has to be astounding. It, it was just blatant. It was bad. It was really bad. We did have more face-off wins than them last night, I think. Yeah. Well, I the one that now because we had to catch up by 15. Yeah. But yeah. the of that game. The one that Crosby was, won cleanly. Where they called it off an unfair, yeah. you know, drop it was just astounding. Because the guy yeah. just didn't move his stick. Yeah. Like, well, he wasn't ready. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> clearly, ready. it was so unfair. He called timeout. Oh, yeah. I wasn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and then you know we get into specifically Mike Milbury, um, just with his fucking, <laughs> just the whole time, and it's gonna keep going, uh, going to the Stanley Cup final because they're covering it, obviously, but. He's just going to continue to suck off Nashville, and that's fine because we just won our second Game 7 series in a row. But it's just frustrating to watch the NHL become super inconsistent with their punishments. And, I mean, even the hit earlier in the series with the Sens where Carter Rowney or I think or it's Rust who gets his head pinned in the boards between the elbow and the boards. And then them look the other way on six man, where the Senators have six men Three on the ice. That yeah. Yeah. yeah, Three times. It's it's incredible well, to see. Close too. Like they're like fucking. They were 15. literally playing with six guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like a guy <laughs> off a bench. There mm-hmm. was literally six guys. It, it three, was bad. three in between the zone and three. In the <laughs> that's, that's their one on, zone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
It's crazy. None of the three could see it. Yeah. I mean, there just wasn't a, a good of, angle. A lot of those guys were out of position. Right. They couldn't make the call. OOP, <laughs> out of position. <laughs> see, but it's not just like in-game calls that ticks me off. I mean, the NHL player safety hasn't even sent out a tweet about uh, what why they ruled in a certain favor since April 19th. I mean, the playoffs have been going on. So obviously they're calling every dirty play playoff hockey. I mean, if you're going to call it throughout the regular season, you, you got to call it in the playoffs. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I, I mean, the rules. I'm not the. I'm the last guy that would say that hockey should be cleaned up a bit, if you will. I mean, I I think you need to be able to throw some elbows. I think you need to be able to fight somebody. I think you need to be able to just do a dirty play and show the other team that you're you mean business. Just because of what happens to the Penguins. I mean, if you look at what happens to the Penguins, if you had somebody on your team that had skill like Tom Sestito, he doesn't have skill. But if you had somebody like him with skill on the Penguins team, less of the shit that occurs against the Penguins would happen just because he would be out there threatening to, say, Zach Cook, Matt Carlson again, or whatever the fuck his name is, Eric Carlson again, fucking slices Achilles. I mean that that was an accident. You said Zach right. Cook, you meant yeah. Matt Cook. Matt Cook. That's fine. Eric Carlson. Yeah. Yes. And then, so so there's a clear difference between just like a slash of a stick, which can be considered playoff hockey, and then like a fucking you know Niskanen cross check to Crosby's head. Right. That's elbow like that's players. That's players. You're right. Elbow in. But that's player safety. That's a difference between you know just letting something go, and then an actual guy's well-being. Right, but that's the problem, is they never looked at the Ovechkin slash directly to Crosby's head versus the Niskanen right result. Never incidental. I mean, incidental. Yeah, yeah, that was the entire cause never of the play. even acknowledged. Right, no. yeah. Not even talked about. For no reason to look at it, or, yeah. Not even acknowledged. Or the end of the game, elbow into, uh, right. what's his Wilson. name? Scott yeah. Wilson, yeah, yeah, because he's yeah. a less-known player. But that rolls right into this. The, the uh... The unequal punishments of star players versus not necessarily shit players, but not star players. You got Getzlaff, who got fined $10,000 for saying fucking cocksucker to a ref because that was deemed... Uh, charming. No, homophobically <laughs> insensitive. Yeah, fucking cocksucker. I thought it was charming. Okay, yeah, it's charming, no doubt. <laughs> but then you got um, fucking Brendan Shaw... Is it? Yeah. He used to play for the Chicago and got traded to Stars, the Dallas Stars. Sure, um, he got fined five thousand dollars, which was half of the monetary cost. But he also missed out on a game. I mean, you take Getzlaff out of a playoff yeah. game, that series goes five games instead of six yep. because you have the star factor that Getzlaff provides. So. Ooh. To have that kind of an inconsistency between punishments just because a player is the quote unquote star player he of the didn't team. He suspended a game for no, saying that. Okay. No, he got he got fined ten thousand dollars versus Shaw who got fined five thousand and suspended a game. Suspended game. So the question is, would you rather be suspended a game and spend only five thousand, or when you're making millions of dollars, just pay out the ten thousand and continue to play? I would honestly spend the ten thousand dollars and continue to play, but I, it it just I mean. It blows my mind how inconsistently the league, NHL, polices the players. It, it blows my mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm over that shit now. That's, that's stuff from the past. I just want, like, moving forward, and then especially in the final series, there has to be some sort of more consistency involved. And to me, like, the refs who ref the, the semifinal games, they cannot they cannot ref the finals games. The, the calls are way too inconsistent from both sides. It's got to be fixed in order to have, like, a fair, fair fucking game. That way people won't bitch, you know. I mean, I, I going back to the last podcast, like Max said, in order to keep the fans involved and keep like good hockey, you know, good physical play. Yeah, there's that's that's going to be there, but you also have to call the the games the same way. And the refs, these last two series, did not do that. This is why Bettman's booed at every trophy presentation in the NHL. Um, he's the owner of three lockouts, canceled a whole season. Uh, fans hate this guy, and I. I couldn't fall asleep last night after the game. I was too too jolted from it, and I uh, I went down the rabbit hole of the released um, emails from the the front office of the NHL from their player safety and Bettman. Um, and there's just countless ones of, of owners, including Ray Shiro, the Pennzoil GM, asking about illegal hits. And basically, the responses are just 
uh, well, we don't really... Like, for example, Downey sucker punched Jason Blake um, back when the Pens used to wear the blue jerseys. And Bettman's response was, between us, as a matter of theory, we don't want intensity and rivalry. We would need to see context, who, etc. And he says, perhaps or perhaps not. And then he says, I'm a big help, right? That's that's the commissioner basically deflecting a player safety and acknowledging that, that dirty plays and rivalries are okay. Um, so you need the commissioner to at least respond as if they care, and it just doesn't happen so, in the NHL. So basically what you're saying, he's a big, bald douchebag. Yeah, he's horrible. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. Basically. All right, listen. I think... Oh, all right, go ahead. Go Sean. ahead. Who was the commissioner before Batman? How long has he been the commissioner? Uh, at least, I think, 04 was his first year. Okay, so he's been there. It really yeah. is amazing how much he gets booed. Yeah. Like, it's... every trophy oh, presentation. I've never, I've, anybody, never, I've never seen a positive reaction ever. Not even know. Goodell. Like, Goodell's better than that. Yeah, yeah. that's Which true. Is Goodell's really, better. It's really sad. hard wow. to do. Yeah. 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 But, all right, listen, I think we skipped over this part. The hero of game fucking seven. To get the Penguins into their second Stanley Cup in a row. <laughs> no. It's not Malkin. No, it's Chris Kunitz. Okay? So I've been milling over this question all fucking night. I wanted to ask everybody. Kunitz, is he a potential Hall of Famer at the end of his career, whether it be next year or three years from now? That's a good one. I think so. Why? Uh, just the, the consistent 30-goal seasons he had. Um, he's got two Stanley Cups on the way to three. Does he have three? Does he has three. He has three. Two with Pittsburgh, right. yeah. one with Anaheim. Oh, wow. Three on the way to four. Okay. Right. Your stock is falling now. <laughs> 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 you you missed that. You saw that coming. <laughs> I did not. You've been waiting for that. I love this shit. He's a good guy. You love this shit. He was waiting for Kevin to fuck up. That's wrong. I didn't expect it. I did not anticipate that. I mean, that was my point, though, is he is... Potentially a four Stanley Cup winner. I mean, obviously he's he hasn't performed as great as we would have expected this year. He's taken thirty four games to score two goals, which it happened to be the best two goals of possibly his career. Well, tell you what, when he was put back on Crosby's line, it's kind of stepped it back up the yeah. way the way that they used yeah. to have that. That's chemistry. true. I mean, I, as much as I love Siri during the regular season, he was great. I think that when that's the one thing I, I like about Sullivan is that. He's not afraid to mix it up, and he, he knows his players, and he's like, you know what, we need a little jolt, and he put Kunis back up on the line, and then he put it back with Crosby, and it, it opened up some possibilities, and it was, it was good to see. Scotchley, I feel like we're going toe-to-toe on this hockey thing, and I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> Holy I shit. I just want you to yeah, know. I want you to know that I feel like I enjoy I'm this. I'm feeling you <laughs> No, but... But I definitely agree with that 100%. Sherry was definitely a force to be reckoned with during the regular season. He dropped off a little bit during the playoffs. A lot of energy. Love everything about it. Right. His size, though, is what gets him. Yeah. I mean, if he was 6'2", this motherfucker would be... Crosby times two. Yeah. But he, he but Careful. he's not 6'2". Careful. Easy. Uh, Easy. Uh, <laughs> all right. And later I'll talk about if uh, Malkin had the heart of Sherry, how much better he would be. <laughs> True. True. Uh, all right, I'm sure we will be talking about we Malkin. We will be talking about Malkin. Yeah. Well, in Kunitz, I think Kunitz and Sherry, both energy-wise and hitting-wise for what they have, because Kunitz isn't a big guy, but you wouldn't know it the way he, he checks people. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that energy-wise... They're they're pretty similar. I mean, if way. you look at it though, league average of an NHL player is five ten one ninety. I don't know how many of you guys were aware of that, but I was not. No, NHL I was not. really yeah, yeah. I I five ten one ninety. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of shape, <laughs> but five nine and a half. Go there to skate. <laughs> one ninety of fat, right? Close. I mean, really obviously, close. it's gonna it's growing a little bit. You got guys like Dustin Bufflin, who's six three two twenty or something, whatever. He's a big-ass dude. So you got the league is starting to evolve into what we see as the, N- the NFL now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's funny when they compare sports and they say, like, what other athlete would be good at NHL sports is, like, comparing, I don't know, oranges they're so to unique. apples. Right. They're, Hockey athletes are so unique. So much more athletic than... I mean, I know basketball players are very athletic and they can do... Amazing things, but hockey athletes, I think, are just... It's a different about, type of athleticism, right? It's just right? amazing yeah. what they do. Yeah. And you have to add the toughness to it. That no doubt. 
four see, seven game series. Basketball yep. guys, but come on. See, but I think yeah. the the hockey stereo the hockey ideology of being tough is a stereotype, which I'm a hundred percent behind. I think hockey players need to be the toughest motherfuckers that step on a field slash ice that there is because you to stand in front of a puck that's coming at you eighty to one hundred and ten miles an hour, you're, you're fucking nuts. I mean, see, I'm a little biased because I've done it and I've 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 laid in front of a shot. I've taken a, sh- a puck off the ribs, and it, it it doesn't feel great. But to know that that saved a potential goal is what makes hockey one of the greatest games. Is just knowing that you will literally give up your body, your soul, potentially your face. Which for some guys, it's a money maker, but. It just makes it the best sport out there. I, I don't know how you guys want to weigh in. Maxie's right, so, a basketball so guy. With. Grant will be playing for the Edinburgh Fighting Scots next year, so if you want to come <laughs> out. All semester and, yeah. <laughs> but, um No, I mean, I think those are all great points, and it's, it's incredible to watch, especially me as a basketball guy, but to know that hockey players play the exact same amount of games, 82 games in the regular season, four seven-game series in the playoffs and not acknowledge that they're, the stuff they're doing game-to-game is way tougher than basketball. And just the things that we were talking about earlier today in terms of just every single play, even though it's not called, it's a little shove. It's a little, it's, you know, you're getting chopped at the legs. You're getting, you know, hit over the hands. You're getting a stick, high stick to the face, even if it's not getting called. I mean, there was like, what, three, four penalties that whole game seven, like with two overtimes. So... To know that right. Saturday's three. played a perfect game. Exactly, <laughs> flawless, flawless. They didn't tackle it in the hole. And they, they still exactly. But the one power play we got because they said that uh, Kessel died. Exactly, yeah, he he died. I didn't think it was yeah. flawless. So, I mean, it wasn't that. Blatant, yeah. But the one first penalty they had didn't exist at all. I don't know. No, not at all. No. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 incredible to watch, and it's also uh, incredible to think that. The Penguins are going to be playing again on Monday after Nashville's just rubbing their hands together, just watching this double overtime game. So uh, we got to be ready. Um, anybody else have anything to add on Senators? Anybody? No, fuck Bobby Ryan. Ryan. Fuck Bobby Ryan. Yeah, fuck Bobby Ryan. But yeah, Carlson, Ryan, and Anderson, and all those guys yeah. are in the past. They're going. They're going Why to Bermuda fuck Bobby or whatever. Ryan? Just. I don't like the way he plays. Because he's a draft. He's a fucking yeah. Wasn't he supposed to be soft before the series? He and is now soft. he's like yeah. he's he's now considered because no. he because he made some high stick plays that he's now. He's still a bitch. Hard. He got hit in the face twice and then he, he somehow scored. And if you guys didn't hear, he said that his goal that he scored against Matt Murray in game six was lucky. So who the fuck says, yeah, I scored, but it was lucky? Nobody. You say I buried that, that bitch. Strange. I fucking put it top twine. He gets the humble and card. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Give him the humble card in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> See, I say fuck for enough. Oh, for enough. Yeah. Yeah. He is what he is. See, but he's not as overrated as like Bobby Ryan is. I mean, Mike Milbury was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> is that what he said? <laughs> Did you get that? We got that. Okay. <laughs> Did you get that? We got that. We did. We did. Okay. Yeah. Now all right. Let's, Sydney Crosby all right. Let's yep. let's get it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into Nashville, and we're gonna get into Malkin and everything that's going to. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into That's gonna happen, uh, or that's gonna need to happen in this series for us to win. Because the whole story, at least what NHL is pushing, is an unstoppable force against an immovable object. Right? Our great Ooh. offense, supposedly great oh. offense against their great that's defense. A good so what's going to have to happen? Obviously, Murray, you know, the main guys are going to have to play. But what are some X factors? What can we look forward to 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 uh, to be able to bring us home a second Stanley Cup? Horny, horny, oh horny's coming back. Has overdosed that motherfucker on cortisone. He wants to be back in the game. He won't miss a game this series. That's what I'm saying. Team, no way. He missed Game Seven because he had faith in his team that they would get him there. So I thought he was going to play Game Seven. Uh, they said he might. He skated on warm-ups. Yeah. He was full of energy. He was the last down. person off uh, their practice skate, so it, it looked bleak going in, but yeah, he was deemed a game-time decision. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I thought Hornquist had a better chance than Schultz did, and Schultz went in. So, I mean, I, I really don't know what's wrong with Hornquist. I heard it was a hand. hand yeah. But Schultz 
for all we know, fucking blew out his collarbone. I mean, he's, he, yeah, he, said he could be night, playing with a cemented collarbone right they, now. They I mean. asked him about his goal, and he, all he said was it hurt. And then they asked him about <laughs> his injury, and he said that they'd go look at it again and, and see. So he's still he's still a game-time decision yeah. for Monday. He's yeah. not even guaranteed oh, to play. I, I mean, know that. that's what the awesome thing about the NHL is. You don't know about people's injuries until after they're eliminated. So like, <laughs> all he goes, upper body, upper body. <laughs> Right, right. But could then, like... earlobe? <laughs> <laughs> pinky toe. Who doesn't like the pinky toe? Everyone will target a pinky toe all day. But you could go into the off season after losing the Stanley Cup final, and and somebody being like, "Yeah, he had a he had a broken fucking tibia, and he he finished the season." And you're like, "He had a broken tibia?" Crosby gets surgery every off season that nobody knows about. Really, every off season. It's just it's just a tribute to what hockey Sooner players go through. Himself. He does. Let the record state. Kevin is a badass at what he does. Now, last season it was his vasectomy, and then the year after that it was like cosmetic. Um, he had um, well, yeah, talks. We're not talking about me anymore, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin had a vasectomy. <laughs> Too young for the best. All you women the out there. The rest of us, though. <laughs> Stock up on the frozen peas. <laughs> You cannot lose to that guy. If you have access to internet, please look up a picture of Craig Anderson and realize we didn't lose to that guy. <laughs> can't happen. Yeah. Although people for Ottawa are probably holding up pictures of Matt Murray saying we can't lose to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but look it's at not what you call a butte. Right. Very fair. Very look at it this way, though. The body of a toothpick with an orange on it. <laughs> <laughs> The Senators didn't even sell out Game Six, which is yeah. Game Six of the Eastern oh Conference oh, Final. They couldn't sell it out because even their fans realize a one-three-one is fucking shit to look at and it's horrible zing. and horrible for hockey. Zing. So boring just and boring. Awful. Although we figured out how to break it, yeah. yeah. Go to the weak side and just dump it in and chase. And yep. They didn't want. They didn't want to chase it to the boards. They started getting punished. It was. It was more heart by the Penguins. We would worked harder. And we worked so team. much harder. They're yeah, a better team. team. Absolutely. All right, going going back on topic here with the, the next matchup. <laughs> Predators, yes. Predators versus Penguins. Uh, to me, it's going to be Predators' defense versus Penguins' offense. Yes. Uh, Penguins' defense is incredibly beat, beat up as it is without Latang and Schultz being questionable at best. And then the Predators, the Predators' centers specifically are incredibly weak. They just lost Johansson. He's done for the season. And behind him, I don't even know who the next center, first line center would be. I know the rest of their the rest of their team kind of feeds off that center the way they move that puck around. So it's it's going to be Penguins offense versus Senator or uh, Predators defense. See who can uh, fight it out the best. And I know Penguins will have home ice advantage as well. So that's going to be obviously key to having a lot of energy on the ice too. Yeah, I mean when Subban is is considered probably your fourth best D man. I mean Subban's the the name that everybody knows going into the series, but he's not even their top D line guy. Uh, as far as, as sound defense goes, they're just loaded there. Um, and Bert mentioned they're missing Johansson. Uh, they're beat up behind him with Mike Fisher and, and the guy that's name starts with an S. I don't know his last name. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's obviously it's, it's offense against defense, and it, it should be exciting because, as opposed to Ottawa, this Nashville team plays with a lot of energy, and, and they fly around the ice kind of like the Pens do. And uh, the last thing I'll say is, if James Neal ends up dominating the series, uh, I'm I'm gonna disappear forever no. from hockey. So Fuck that <laughs> fuck. All right, that would be bad. Well, let's get into you know I think I know we talked about the Predators D obviously, and then the Penguins O, but it seems like Malkin is a hot button issue with everybody or most of the people here. So y- you know you know Nashville's gonna throw their two best defensemen anytime that Crosby's on the ice. So Malkin, that Malkin-Kessel line is going to be a key. Kessel kind of had a quiet series against the Senators. I mean, he made some good plays, but Malkin obviously, you know, at times we talked about there's there's times where he looks like the best player on the ice. Other times there's much to be desired. So let's talk about, you know, him, what he needs to do in this series. And, you know, I mean, to be honest, the first episode of this podcast we talked about what would it look like to trade Malkin because we were pretty early in the playoffs and he was having a shitty series. I think that was the tail end of the Blue Jackets series. 
you know, I mean, these are all possibilities that we've explored, and I think we've all acknowledged if it wasn't for Crosby, Malkin probably would be like an Ovechkin type of player where great individual player makes some great plays, but just is out to lunch in a lot of scenarios. So what is he going to have to do in this series with Nashville throwing some of their best players against Crosby? Crosby's going to do what he does. Murray's going to make, you know, the saves that he needs to. But Malkin could be a guy. And we talked about also... Malkin's never had a signature moment in his career or a signature series. This could be a moment for him. What do we think about him and the opportunities that he has in this series? We've been waiting for his signature moment. In my opinion, we've been waiting for Malkin's signature moment for years. Mm-hmm. He did have a goal in game um, six last year against the against San Jose, but it was more of a – he almost kept the puck out of the goal. I mean, he was all bunched up in the corner of the goal and kind of bounced off of him. He's maddening to watch. He's a headache. Um, he hustles so much on certain plays, and you think he's the fastest player on the ice, and then he takes the remainder of the period off. He's so capable, so capable, but it never seems like he he's not had a signature moment. He, I want him to score that one goal that sets him apart from everyone else, like everyone keeps talking about. I've never witnessed it, and I've been watching the Penguins for years. And I and he always has he leads the the playoffs in points, and I never right I never see them. I don't know where they're coming from. I don't. I'm I'm missing it. Um. So yeah, I'm waiting for that. If anybody else wants to weigh in on that, yeah. Uh, to me, just he has to take over this series. It's it's set up for him. Malkin's taken on their first first pairing in D, the Predators' first pairing in D, which is amazing to say the least. Malkin's obviously got the second D pairing, mm-hmm. but they're you know they've, they've had some shaky moments, even though they're they're star studded as well. And just the way I look at it, it, he needs to take over. He needs to prove himself. That way, we can banish these trade rumors between us, anyways. Not realistically, but just the thoughts of trading him or the the bad thoughts of him, anyways. And Kessel as well. He needs to step up. He he had a very quiet series, like Max pointed out. And it's just uh, one of those two needs to really take over the series. It's bred for them, you know. And even the the next two lines as well, the thir- third and fourth line, it's bred for them. So, yeah. Right, and the easy comparison is, you know, in Penguins history, Crosby is Lemieux, Malkin is Yager. But he's not Yager. He's no, just not. He's there's no, not. There's no, no fucking way. Yager led the league for seven years and exactly, points, I think. And Yager had... Clutch playoff goals. He had the goal that you know arguably kept Pittsburgh in, or the Penguins in Pittsburgh with that first round series yeah. game winner. I mean, he's just not. No, he hasn't close. hasn't right. been that. You know, right. so I don't know. Anybody else have anything on Malkin? Yeah. Well, just to reiterate what's been said, just the the how many times can we watch on Root Sports the the. Awesome spinny goal and <laughs> Spinnerella. off that right, Spinnerella. and it's and it was freaking unreal. And you watch him play in certain things, and you and he can take over a game. He can take over the entire game, but it's only you. You we rarely see it, right? And but usually he's it's oh my that's god, he's maddening. capable. Yeah, and it's that is what's mad. And I guess that's it. probably why we're always saying he doesn't show it. He doesn't do it. He's not doing it, and why we're all shocked that he's. Leading in points because we focus on the where the fuck's he been the whole time here, right? Because we know he can do it. Yeah, right. we, we see it every day. That's what you're getting at. Yeah. I mean, we see it every day. Funny story about the fucking Spinorama thing. We were at the game, but Bert had to piss, so we were waiting for him. <laughs> we caught it on the fucking screen, and everybody's like, ah, "What the fuck? It was incredible!" And then we go back and sit down, and we see the replay on the big screen, and we're like, Jesus Christ, we fucking missed that. I'm glad I got my fucking nachos, and Burke could take a leak. Lick my tank, you asshole. <laughs> but I mean, fucking Scotchley, I want your take on Muttley, since we're going back and forth on the fucking hockey front. I want to hear what you got to say about uh, Malkin. I, I mean, I, I know Malkin's got all the skills. He's got the size. I mean, he could be as dominant as he wants to be. It, it just seems to be either either lack of application or heart. But, I mean, I know that he... The thing that upsets me the most is that I never see him consistently apply, 
the amount of energy and effort that others on the ice do. And that's one thing about Crosby. I mean, it's like, yeah, he, he was a phenom, but he also works at it. And it so hard. And it doesn't seem like Malkin, and I don't know if it's just culture, if it's just nature. I mean, honestly. That's what this is all about, really, right? Yeah, just it's, say it. It's it's this is it's it's Rocky Drago, right? <laughs> <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> That's what makes me the most upset is that he has all the natural skills and ability and the size, and he just doesn't seem to apply on a consistent basis. You see flashes. You see when he gets upset. He's kind of like Jordan. When he gets upset, he's dominant. He can go back and he'll take the puck and he'll be like, fuck you. Yes. And then he'll throw it into a, 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 the opposing team because he's like, I just don't feel like Yeah, it's you know, so, maddening. So it's, it's just maddening. And then we'll get a turnover. And we try to take it back in our zone, and he hasn't exited our zone yet, so <laughs> yeah. it's an offside. Yeah. Like it's, you can't cherry-pick in hockey like you uh, can basketball. Right. Yeah. Do you think it's a matter of coaching, too? Could that be a, I don't know. No. I've never done so. Dude, Solomon is the fucking I, god. If no. he said the world was going to end today, I would say, okay, boom. Will you hear me out for a second? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'll hear you out for a Quite oftentimes, he's matched up, or he's paired up with uh, Kessel and, was it, like, Kunis sometimes? So Kessel's the primary goal scorer in that line. Do you yes. think Malkin's, in, like, thrown in there and told by Sullivan, probably Sullivan. Feed him. Like, no, no, just, like, control yourself. Feed the my ego. Yeah. Ah, you don't have to do it all yourself. I don't know. I don't agree with that because they've Sully has moved the second and third lines around so much this even this off season, let alone the regular season. He's put so many different pairings of wings with Malkin and Benino and flip flopped them all season. I I don't know what else Malkin needs out there to help him. It's like he just tries to do it himself, but then you see all these assists and it doesn't make any sense. So I it's bizarre to me. I don't know. It's like he dumps it in the corner, somebody else picks it up, dishes it, and then he gets the secondary yeah, assist, yeah. and you're like, holy fuck, he didn't even do anything! <laughs> That's the meanest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> That's <laughs> like Kevin's rendition of memes. <laughs> no, I, I'm just not okay with it. No, I agree with everything everybody said. His lack of effort is so frustrating. His turnovers, where he just seems to oh. lose the puck on the ice, it's just, it's maddening. Um, I, I just don't have anything else to add. It's, it, I will say... From the Blue Jackets series to the end of the Ottawa series, he did progressively get better, in my opinion. Even last night, he saved that that breakaway. I don't know who which auditor or senator had it, um, but he did stick lift the guy. And that was yeah. And kind of saved the goal in OT that that made me kind of take a deep breath and realize that it's not all bad. He makes some good plays at times, but it, he makes so many more that just makes you forget about those good plays. Is he just overhyped, or is he? Is he as good as everyone thinks he is? Is he as good as the 2012 season? See, listen, I think he's I think he's a great player if you put him in the right system where he has to hustle constantly, where he doesn't ride off the backs of guys like fucking Scott Wilson, Sidney Crosby, who's fucking the best player in the league. You put him in, you put him on a team, I don't know, maybe who's a good team? Colorado Avalanche. You put him on the Avalanche team. They're the what? I'm saying he'd uh, be a good fit for that team. Gotcha. But what's the right system? Because at what point do you just like... I mean, we're in the fucking Stanley Cup Finals. Like, we just finished Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. Like, what point do you not get a fire lit under your ass trying to win? You know, what that's all for. Either it's for the Colorado Avalanche, Pittsburgh Penguins, whether you have Sidney Crosby, whether, whether you don't. Like, what's the point where you just say, alright, fuck it, I'm going to nut up. You know, yeah, and make a play here. Like. I don't. I don't think it's a lack of fire under his ass for like winning the Stanley Cup. I think it's a lack of fire under his ass from an intrinsic motivation. You think sense. because he knows I have Sidney Crosby, I have yes. Kessel, I yeah. can dog it a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I can hang out and fucking let them handle. If it. he was a soul, if he was a soul star on a team, oh. you think that he would? I do. Thrive. I think he would step up and thrive as what so Malkin. The, 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 the year that Crosby was out, did he thrive? Yeah, yeah he, he did. MVP. Everybody saw it. Everybody he, says yeah. even, even Mike Milbury, the douchebag, did not know that. Says that Malkin thrives without Crosby. I mean, maybe Mike Milbury's fucking shtick is against Crosby. I mean, nobody knows. Only Mike Milbury knows. <laughs> this is blockhead. So we should see no more two-headed dragon. Yes. 
have anything on Malkin. Mm-hmm. That was a spirited discussion. Well, he's got what? As far as I'm concerned, he's got this one last series. He's got to have it. He's got to prove it. It just has to happen this time. Because I've been waiting forever. I know. He's got to have a signature series. It's he's got to have a signature around. moment. He does for me. I've never been okay with him. For the longest time, I wasn't okay with Flurry though, and now I'm okay with him, and I'm at peace with him. Even though he won a Stanley Cup for us, even though he's probably gone after this. See, he's gone are you at peace with him because he's leaving? No, I am at peace with him because he is the reason we are where we are. Because he beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Four games. He had two shutouts in the in the playoffs. He took care of the Caps. Capitals. Yeah. And for me, he's immortalized. And I've never liked Flurry. I've never trusted him. I know what he's done. I know what he's accomplished. I've had a realization of that. But now he's like, for, he, I will always be okay with him. That's what Malkin needs to do. Just something. Do something for us where we remember you for that reason. So we quit I don't have any memories of Malkin except for Spinorama. And these Russian. idiots were in the bathroom when it happened. <laughs> but I was at home. That's I watched it live at home. But the Spinorama <laughs> was the only thing I can really remember him doing that was a big deal. That's so true. Because like, at the beginning of every fucking series, we go, okay, well, yeah, we, we got Crosby, Malkin, and then... And Kessel and everybody, but then in the middle of the series, like boy, Kessel's having a great series. Boy, Crosby, Kunitz, killing it. Never Jerry talk about Malkin. Everybody but Malkin. But at the beginning, has got all the points somehow. It's like holy shit. But at the same time, yeah, every series we go. Oh, we do have Malkin, but he never. It just, it just never this materializes. Is be the time. Yeah, please be the time. Please. All right. Like, is that good? Okay. Um... Talked we'll about Nashville some. Oh, that's fine. Um, so are we good on hockey? Anybody well, else have anything else on hockey? Because otherwise we're going to move on to the Buckets. I'm good on hockey. Scotchley's good on hockey. Scotchley. We're good. All right. Phenomenal. Let's talk about, um, we watched, all Bellin of us Bucks. together watched tonight a uh, Buckos. <laughs> the not-so-bad <laughs> Yeah, the not-so-bad Bucks. face. Uh, be degromed by, uh, by uh, Jacob and the Mets. Uh, 8-1. Neil Walker hits two home runs. Uh, lets us know about it a little bit, too. Um, so we talked about this last time. We talked about it plenty. The window has seemingly closed with this team, however small it may be. With, whether that window is just a wild card, two wild cards, whatever, um, is incredibly frustrating. It's a, it's a different kind of hell, because rather than winning 60 games, we con ourselves into thinking we're still in contention, and we're simply not. Especially with Marte taking the oldest PED possible, Polanco hitting his second Andrew. home run of the night, um, this, or the of second the home run of the year, uh, just seemingly meaningless. And uh, guys, you know, guys like Jaso and stuff still getting starts, hitting two two hundred, McCutcheon hitting two hundred. Um, so let's start with Garrett Cole trade rumors. Do we? When, please. Yeah, please we want to move him. him. Absolutely. Is that what we want? Have to. We need bats. Yeah. It. Or, go, yeah, we, well, we need everything. Mm. We need base runners. We, no, need, we need We need. D- defense. Oh, oh, my God. We're a disaster. We're literally a disaster. Hard to watch. I have skipped 10 games, 12 games at a time. I. It's just so painful to watch it. When your best player is... Frazier, some guy. Harrison, yeah. And Harrison, he's always fun to watch. He's yeah. one of the reasons I watch. But yeah, he, mm-hmm. Dude, that motherfucker never stops. Harrison is the heart and soul of the team. And anyone who would ever even suggest McCutcheon, is, that is a joke. Harrison has been the heart and soul of the team for the last three years. And Cervelli, to a lesser extent. At least he mm-hmm. seems like he gives a shit. It's true. Um, and Jaso, of course. He's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, 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 with his dreads and the, he looks like he's he got syphilis. <laughs> AIDS patient. Uh, I'll pick up. I put I put Garrett Cole trade rumors on the on the list to talk about because I saw some 
significant. He's one and four, by the way. Not to interrupt you, Garrett Cole's record, I think, is one and four. I hope that's. He's he's his record is worse than he's been this year. He's, his his run, ERA is is pretty well. He's yeah, pitched he's, decently. Yeah. Um, but it's no run support. No, I'm never have been a fan of Garrett Cole. I just the the what blew it for me was the wild card game that he pitched. Um, against the Cubs, where he just he looked so uninterested in every pitch he threw. He walked back to the dugout, didn't talk to his teammates, and and if you're gonna have that demeanor playing a professional sport, I, I've got to see more output from you. It, it's fine if you don't get electric and fired up after every pitch, but if you're gonna do that, I got to see results. And I did see um, some substantial rumors uh, that the Yankees are. Extremely interested in Garrett Cole. Perfect fit. And if if there exactly as Sherman said, as Sherwin said, if there's a fit that is perfect, it's the Yankees because from that Aroldis Chapman trade to the Cubs, their their prospects are just loaded, and they actually drafted Garrett Cole, um, and he opted to go back to UCLA, and that's that's kind of how they he fell to the Pirates. Um, but the the prospects that were talked about going to Garrett Cole um, in a return from the Yankees would be Clint Frazier who is considered a top-five outfielder. Um, he would battle Austin Meadows for that center field spot. And Justice Sheffield, who projects to be a solid starter. Um, and if if the Yankees would offer up Glaber Torres, I would take the trade straight up because this guy is a shortstop. He seems to be the best shortstop prospect in the majors. And that would just be a dream come true for the, the Pirates and the struggling Jordy Mercer. Um, so that's all I got for this. I don't know if anybody you else. You definitely have a beef with Jordy Mercer. Yeah, he's just he's not good this year, and I've always liked him. And defensively, it's he's falling off the tracks. How this many year. defensively? I don't want to put you on the spot, but you're the stats guy. How many errors does he have this year? Uh, I I could get that for you. Um, some other people. You have to rip a little over. bit. Rip a little bit. Yeah, some time. Some time. <laughs> all right, so well, let's talk about you know how close are we to. Blowing whatever's left of this, you know, it's, it's almost of it's this blown. sunken ship up. It, it's like almost, how close? Well, we have gift Nagi Obi. We do <laughs> have gift. Welcome to America. That's it. Uh, <laughs> three. Yeah, you got three. <laughs> America. America. If your team is. Consistently, if your team average is betting two seventeen, then you're probably <laughs> the ship has sunk. Right. Well, so you're saying like so like guys like Marte, Polanco, obviously McCutcheon. We've been trying to move, but we can't. Jay Hay, do we move? I mean, we hope we don't move him at the deadline. Yeah. Right? Do we moving Jay Hay? Will is we? A huge mistake. Of course. That'd be, that'd be as stupid as moving Neil Walker. I mean, nobody would do that. But we did it. But we did it. But for nobody, John, nobody. So what happened? Did it. Nobody would move so a hometown boy who hit 25 homers a year at second base. And every time the bases are loaded, he gets a hit. But we. And no did. one would ever do that. But we did. I so know. Are we going to move? What I'm saying. So we're going to move Josh Harrison. Harrison. So we're going to move Josh Harrison. And that would be. That's what guy who hits 300. Yeah, we're gonna I do it. I think Harrison's the only one that's safe on the list as far as Cole Watson, McCutcheon, and Palanque. McCutcheon even being on the list is just absurd. Nobody at this wants point. him. Can we get anything from any of them? No. A bag of balls. McCutcheon, we ain't getting shit. We'll get a bag of balls. <laughs> Not even new balls. Hey, <laughs> my kid just Spencer just said they're expensive. Baseballs are expensive. Yeah, they are. So that's, that's 11 million? Yeah, 11 million? million. <laughs> that's what this team's about, is financial flexibility. I think I think Watson and Cole are the only players that we could get substantial pieces oh, for. Oh, Watson is losing and, his... And I think... Yeah, every day he loses it. But Maybe I don't last think... Year. As far as a trade, I don't think Watson goes as a closer. I think Watson goes to a contending team that needs a bullpen arm. And if Watson yeah. goes back to his, his setup role where he was an all-star, I think that's a good fit. Yeah. And he's not going to help this, the, the Pirates. He's a free agent, I believe, next year. So it's it's time to move him. He's the guy you deal now. Yep, sure. Agreed. But yeah. So let's let's talk big picture real quick because it's honestly yeah. just hell to talk about you know moving these guys to, you know, Either go from 75 to 65 wins or whatever the hell we're going to end up with this year. But, I mean, we talked about it in past podcasts, but, I mean, is it is it the management? Because we simply won't spend money. We won't pay guys like Neil Walker. We won't, you know, make those moves, those win-now moves that, 
um, will pan out, and we haven't had great drafting in the past. We talked about tonight different guys that we passed over. Famously, Tony Sanchez for Mike Trout, guys like that. I mean, what else? Grant, you got something here. I mean, what has to change? Well, I mean, you look at the Neil Walker thing. We didn't pay him. Simple as that. He's a hometown guy. He'll take the hometown tag. I mean, why the fuck? I Well, you touched on it that he might have had a beef with Neil Huntington. or Yeah, yeah. The, the front office didn't, didn't get along with Walker. Right. So it's the management. Why the fuck? The like, most shocking move. I could not believe that that happened. Like, I couldn't I, believe it. If I played in Pittsburgh, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay in Pittsburgh. No matter what you pay me. You pay me 9 mil, I deserve 11 mil. Yeah, I'm going to take it. I'm going to stay here. It, it's not like it's a shitty so town. So you like, do have a beef with him for leaving? Yeah. They traded it's him. It's not Cleveland. They traded but him. They trade. But still, he had the option. He could have put a no trade clause in his fucking contract. Right, like Flurry did. But no. isn't okay? But isn't that there a is certain so I'm baseball. worth? You know, I'm at second baseman with 25 home runs and bats, 260, 265. Well, yeah, I'm okay. worth. Okay, all right, this. you're right. I see. I got you a little out of it because I'm a so hockey there's a guy. fine line you tow there. <laughs> but right? yeah, but I'm not fucking. Uh, who's the second baseman for the Phillies? Utley, Chase Roger. I'm not sure that's who oh, yes. <laughs> we have Philly here. Godly. Hey, Scottsley, who's the Philly's second baseman? Okay, anyway, so I was going for Chase Utley. I'm glad everybody reminded me that he doesn't play for the Phillies anymore. But Neil Walker, second best second baseman in the league, arguably. I don't know if not anybody anymore. in this room would argue with me. In clutch. Not in clutch. Most of the time. Yeah, all right. I don't know about that. Better Why? than who, most. Who do you have that's better than Utley oh. two two years ago? Down the rabbit hole. Altuve. I, I mean, let me get a list. But Neil Walker was always a, a middle of the road guy, but but he was perfect for the Pirates team. That's good what, that's enough. What good enough. Left-handed hitter to that right field. Yes. Right. Yep. So. All right, I'm wrong. See, <laughs> here we go. We're gonna start down the rabbit hole of Grant's a fucking idiot. We should have paid him. Yes, we should have paid him. That's what this guy. podcast should be called. <laughs> Grant's a fucking idiot. Why are we even talking about sports? <laughs> That's the topic people want to hear about. Let's I got I got fucking Scotchley over here calling me an idiot during hockey, and now I got everybody else calling me an idiot during baseball. Let's go to football. I don't All right. Yet. Do it. Go ahead. No, no, Go. no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, to speak volumes about how terrible the situation is with the Buckos. I'm a half-ass fan. I'll watch the, the Buckos every now and then. And just, like this year, I haven't watched the fucking game because right. they're so shitty. I don't even care if they win at all the rest of the year. I just, like If I do watch them, I want to see a good game. I don't give a shit if they win or lose. Isn't that sad? It's frustrating. That's how I feel. This is the closest that we've been under this ownership. And to think that you know we're just prolonging the inevitable at this point because we like guys like Neil Walker and other guys like that just get away is just incredibly frustrating. And that our peak was a wild card win with Russell Martin belting two home runs. That was our peak. That was it, yeah. and that's and then, it. And then you, you keep me, Russell Martin. No? Yeah. Yes. And watch his face drop the ball on the mound. That was the greatest Quito. thing that ever happened. Quato. So Quato dropped the ball. Russell Martin had two home runs. We won five to two. No one else did shit. And then we were up two games to one on the Cardinals, and then shit that game away, and haven't done shit since. We lost. That's two, our peak. Yep. Two wild card games. One eight to nothing. One six to. Nothing. We didn't score any both. runs in our last two wild card games. We got shut out in both fucking games. Which, by the way, we talked about the wild card system. 162 games boiled down to one is complete fucking shit. Yeah, it's the game seven. Yeah. Everyone will love that. But it's a complete fucking bullshit, but that's for another time. Um, so the Buckos are just a headache at this point. We're just going to move on to the Steelers for now. Uh, let me let me finish with a break point. Go ahead. Uh, Jamison Tyon, one of, one of the only bright spots on this Pirates team. Uh, also, devastating news that he that he had uh, um, testicular cancer and he had surgery to remove it. Um, and all signs point that it's it's positive and he threw 25 pitches off a mound on Tuesday. So I'll uh, I'll end with that bright spot so we don't leave with the bad taste in our mouth. The Bucks until tomorrow. Well wishes oh, to him, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> till tomorrow. Till tomorrow's game. Can yeah. we end with them one more time? <laughs> <laughs> I want it to end on a bad note. I want this to end on a bad note. Oh, oh it's gone. God. Yeah, just wait till tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, let's move on to the Steelers. Uh, off season, obviously, but it's never a bad time to talk about the Steelers. Um, 
first thing we're going to lead off with, we talked about some free agency wish lists last time. Let's talk about Martavis lay off the weed Bryant <laughs> back at practice yeah. this week. Um, you know, do we think that he's going to be able to contribute this year and actually be a part of, uh, you know, the killer bees that we've uh, come to expect? And pe- people have hyped up, but we've come to, uh, you know, just uh, dread almost. Kev? Health. Uh, health is the main route to the Super Bowl for the four bees. Uh, you got to have Bell, you got to have Ben, um, Bryant, and, and obviously Antonio. They all have to be healthy. It's been very few. It's been three, four, five games that we've ever seen them all play on the field at the same time. Um, so nobody knows what they really can do. Um, another thing is red zone offense efficiency. How many times do we see the, the Steelers march right down the field, get inside the 20, and kick a field goal? Or go for it on fourth down? Um, they've got to score touchdowns. An offense like that has got to put up six every time. Um, and obviously our defense, they, they addressed it to the draft. they got to get after the quarterback and um, basically bolster that secondary. What's the topic? Steelers. Steelers. We're going to cut four bees. What specifically? The four bees, Martavis back. Having all uh, he's Bell, guy. Brown, he's Bryant, and All I want to say about Martavis Bryant, he's, he's a really good, good guy. Likes his, he never likes he his, never beat his mom. Likes his medicinal. He's a good guy. Never beat his mom. That's he's all that gonna matters. be amazing. That's a that's a problem. If they can all be on the same field at the same time, oh, oh, oh. the entire year oh. is be an amazing season, an amazing offense. And I'm not I'm not exactly sure about it yet because I'm still used to like the Steelers' defense being dominant and everything they do, and the offense being mediocre, putting up points. But this new offense that can just score 30 points a game every single game, if they can do it. Um, I'm excited for it. It's a new type of football in Pittsburgh, and I'm really excited to see it this season if it can happen. We'd have a great regular season, and then we make it to the playoffs and we'll lose by 12 to New England. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's, at this point with this group, I mean, I'm not even fully convinced we can score 30 points a game because I think that there's just different things that will go on that are just, you know, whether Bryant gets hurt or, uh, you know, James Conner doesn't get integrated correctly. Like, there's just different things where... I, I just need to wait until the playoffs for this group to get there. And then especially Ben. If he can play 16 games, holy fuck. Like, that will be incredible Breach. to watch. Breach. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not – I don't want to, you know, poo-poo the Steelers because obviously we're one of the better teams in the NFL. But at this point, it's kind of a show-me situation. I don't know. What do you guys have? I'll know more when the season starts. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll watch them. That's a Marshawn Lynch quote. Facts. You know what, I'm here. I'm Facts. Just here to, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Facts. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think if the, if the Steelers defense could pick up where they left off, like relatively speaking, towards the end of the season, like the latter, like five, five, six games, they really stepped up their game. The defense was incredible for the most part. If they can pick up where they left off, the, I think the Steelers would be really well off and make a good run in the beginning of the season for sure. Well, I love the annual, will the Steelers draft an outside linebacker in the first round? <laughs> so <laughs> now our, yes. our defense is going to be the steel curtain again. Yeah. And yeah. I, and then we draft a cornerback, which is what we really need in like the fourth round. Yeah. Right. Which, and, you know, so that is just, that's an annual thing now. Uh, that we've done. I was I was excited about James Conner as yeah. the draft. Yeah. Because I remember watching him in Pitt his freshman year. I was like, that man is amazing. And then no, I watched is. the game where he blew out his leg, and then I found out he had cancer, and then the whole thing. And then when they picked him up, I was like, that guy's all heart and try. Just makes and, sense. And, and that's what is well, that's what Pittsburgh is. It's a lot of heart, try, and effort, and hard work. And if that's what you do, then you will succeed. And that's all I need to. To see to love you. So, pretty excited about Connor. See, yeah, very yeah. true. Very I, true. I feel like we're having like a telepathy moment. Again! Again! <laughs> Again. It's he weird! To, he wants to Why is this fight? <laughs> He's not kidding. Green is kissing you guys. Good job. He's on the Why is this happening? Scotch Because I'm a bottle of scotch. We think we're across the table from each other. Yeah, He's it is. got the eyes. He's got but the seriously, <laughs> this motherfucker gets it. Every time I watch a, a Pittsburgh team play, I feel like there is heart at the very core. Pittsburgh teams never quit. They never give up. 
and they fucking win, not for money, but for what the fans want. Dan Rooney, bless his soul. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Starts from the top. Yeah. It's really definitely does. it's definitely top down. It's I a mean, culture, yep. It is absolutely. I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm not just speaking for the Steelers here, obviously, because I'm more of a of a hockey guy. So, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's just Pittsburgh as a whole. I mean, and, and Pittsburgh Maulers, Pittsburgh Maulers, and Pittsburgh, <laughs> the River Hounds. <laughs> but you look at the teams like the Pirates played a four game series in Atlanta, and they flew back in and watched the end of the. The end of the park. Right, the Penguins yeah. game, game seven. Awesome. Right. There were Steelers there. I mean, it's like you you take on one pa- like one Pittsburgh team, and you take on the entire fucking that's, city. That's true. that's very true. There's not you don't many see that anywhere else. Yeah, there's not many fucking towns that do that. That might be on something here. Can we get some of the Pens and the Steelers playing for the Buckos? <laughs> Holy shit! We got some winners. Jeez, let's go! Find some Bo Jacksons on the Steelers. <laughs> no, but I do I think Martavius though. No, 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 not him. Well, no, they don't drug test though in baseball. So <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah, 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 only if you take the yeah. only if you take the oldest drug in the book. But I do think there's something like I think Pittsburgh is the only major sports town that has. Three or more teams uh, that have the same color scheme, and like yeah. that be, is a super cool only, thing. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. Really cool thing. What are the um, Riverhounds color screen? Yeah, <laughs> great I'll question. Great question. <laughs> we'll come back. It to better that. be black and gold. Yeah. I want to say they are. <laughs> when I saw their high school. I apologize. It did not look like you were playing high school and four people were at the game. I apologize. But it is, it is, Pittsburgh is undoubtedly one of the, if not, uh, it's definitely one of the most decorated sports towns, but it's also one of the best sports towns, just passionate across all the sports that we have. And um, it's a really cool thing to be a part of and just. In terms, and this and it starts with the Steelers with that family mentality. The Rooney's obviously being one of the best ownership families, um, and it kind of carries down. The Penguins have had a ton of success. Pirates, even though not having the biggest success right now, a ton of history. Um, so that part is really cool to be a part of. And like we said, just just something as uh, fundamental as the color scheme is really cool. If you're wearing black and gold, you know you're affiliated with Pittsburgh. That part's cool. All right, Maxie, I hold on, Sherwin. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But they do look black and gold. Sometimes they wear white and gold. I mean, black and gold, white and gold. We'll count it. Eh, yeah, That's four. We'll count it. That's four. So four. every fucking professional sports team in Pittsburgh wears the same fucking colors. That's pretty bad. That's the Riverhouse. That's the Riverhouse. River the passion also. The passion. <laughs> Not the passion because you said they look like a high school team. <laughs> no, no, no. That's Riverhouse. I'm saying the, the, the passion is the female. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. black and gold too, aren't they? Oh, we have the Pittsburgh passion. That's five. Oh, shit. I'm All right. Sure. Oh, well, um, I'm looking up the Pittsburgh passion right now, so we'll see. Uh. All right. Well, um, last thing with the Steelers, we'll just cover real quick, um, just to be topical, to relax. The Pittsburgh passion are also black and gold. Thank you. <laughs> he knows. This guy knows. Thank you. He fucks. All right. This guy fucks. <laughs> Last thing with the Steelers, relaxed celebration rules. I mean, this will prevent a couple of Antonio Brown 15-yard penalties, right? Not, and it's, not if he's stroking. If yeah, he's, if he's hip well, thrusting, it's still... No masturbating. No hip no thrusting. No more than no three. three. Sexual yeah. communications <laughs> or, or weapons are disallowed, so... Okay. Back to the drawing Well, board. I love the thought, we talked about this, but I love the thought of Roger Goodell placing a call to Chad Ochocinco, <laughs> yeah. which is apparently what he did. Just <laughs> saying, hey, Chad, this is Roger... <laughs> Uh, quick question. Just to, wanted to get your take on some celebration rules. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, just a quick thing that we wanted to go over. Anybody have anything? I think it's horrible. I can't stand the celebrations. And to, um, I I can't stand to watch any of the celebrations. I think they're awful. It's not because um, I'm against celebration or this the fact that someone's um, feels good about what uh, something they just accomplished. It's just uh, they try to outdo it every time and it just gets lamer and lamer and lamer. And I'm in my living room, which is my private spot, watching it on my TV and I should feel comfortable at all times 
You should. I'm in my fucking living room, and I see some douchebag do something stupid, and I'm uncomfortable in my fucking living room, I take it personally. Sure. And I'm uncomfortable for every fucking touchdown, and that's not fair to me as a person. Personally victimized. You don't think I do. Sherwin is personally victimized by NFL celebrations. Completely true. All right. Anybody have anything else? Uh, here's the hope in TJ Watt becomes Tom Brady's nightmare. Oh, uh, that would be true. That's, that's all right. Ryan Little. <laughs>